Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp. September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to Your Life the Mixtape presents Headliners. Each week, I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick. This week, I am joined by a person that Notion hailed as the internet sad boy icon of our dreams, uh, who we came to love with songs like Alien Boyfriend and Plastic Ferrari. He packs a heavy punch of 70s moxie, synth punk, and flower child energy. He is also currently looking for a pizza shop to hire him as a delivery boy on rollerblades. So if you happen to own one of those kinds of establishments, I've got a delivery boy who's got rollerblades for you. Please welcome to the show the absolutely brilliant Gregory Dillon. Hello. I just landed. (laughs) I should have had my rollerblades on for that intro. But I mean, we're not going to be showing any of the video quality, but I can do mad tricks. Um, actually, I really can. <laughs> it's, I funny. it's funny because I, um, I reached out to, it's called Papa Gino's. That was like the big pizza place growing up. Um, this, this whole sponsorship, this whole job thing is a real, a real life problem that I can't seem to get hired. Um, but I am trying to. Uh, my next era definitely involves this character, and I've uh, I've yet to have a good enough resume to seem <laughs> to seem decent enough to deliver <laughs> on skates. So tell me, what is the worst question you've ever been asked in an interview? It's funny because I had a different answer up until last night, and I kind of like realized while I sometimes think about random events in my life, and I was like, actually, wait, this. Um, I don't know if you've ever been arrested, Greg. I <laughs> I have once, um, and it's kind of a long story that goes back to college. But uh, I don't know if we have time to tell it, but you can always cut this down. But maybe it's a good story to start with because it's it's very quintessential, Greg. Um, and kind of goes into the whole, like, why I want to be a bad boy, but just it never really works out. <laughs> um, so I was in college dating um, my one and only girlfriend. It was our one year anniversary. Um, I had just gone into college while she was still um, a year behind in high school. And I had made plans at Bertucci's 
um, set the date. I knew the time and I was, um, I had a really busy week in musical theater uh, classes and I was racing down. Um, unfortunately, I had just gotten into weed big time in college. I was a big stoner, but I was not telling my girlfriend at the time. Um, and so I'm late to dinner and I get pulled over and the cop asked for like license and registration. And I pulled out the glove compartment, not even thinking there was all of this marijuana in the glove compartment. And I was so caught off guard. I instantly started crying. I had such a meltdown. Um, the cop had to search my car, which was just full of musical theater books. Um, and I am trying to convince him that I have this girlfriend, that I have this 7 p.m. like one year anniversary. And he straight up asked me, do you really have a girlfriend? I'm having a hard time believing this. That was the most embarrassing question of my life. Not only was I arrested, I got one call, Greg. And I was like, do I call her? And let her know what has happened or do I call my dad and he has to get me out and of, I of course had to call my dad but that was the end of, of <laughs> us that was I did not show up to Bertucci's I did not make it and yeah I got fingerprinted so I'm in <laughs> system in New Hampshire so that was the worst question I've ever been asked in, in a very intense interview while bawling my eyes out. He must have seen like all the Phantom of the Opera, uh, which is sadly closing. But anyways, long story <laughs> short. <laughs> if you could collaborate with any musician living or dead, who would you pick? I'm going for a unique answer here. Um, I don't know if you're a big anime or Pokemon fan. That was honestly the music that kind of changed my life as a kid. I would 100% um, try to make like a club techno hyper pop single for Team Rocket um, and Meowth. Uh, so I, I might also be a feature on it, but that's like 100% the goal is to have a little hyper pop side project featuring them. I just recently went back and found a video where it shows just how many crimes Jesse and James are cross-dressing. And I'm so happy to see that. I, I mean, I didn't notice it as a kid, but it's all the time. So they're like that. queer icons. Yes. Describe um, your latest project using only one word. Um, it's going to be all hy hy hyphenated. Ooh. <laughs> crash. it's hy hyphenated it's pizza delivery boy on rollerblades nice. um as as mentioned before i love it if they asked you right now uh who is an artist that you would drop everything and go on tour with um last year my friends got me tickets to see oliver tree um, that was one of the most groundbreaking shows I have seen as an artist. I would let Oliver Tree throw tomatoes at me on stage free of charge. Um, and then I would jar them up and try to use them as like a sauce. But he is really weird. Um, he has characters um, in a very like intense lore that just um, I'd never really seen done before by an artist that was still making amazing just strong pop punk music um and i think that's what really sparked i've always been into character building and the aesthetic of 
my artistic project has always been like equally as important as the music, but it kind of pushed the idea for me that I could really actually embody like a character, which is kind of where this whole like uh, pizza boy delivery on rollerblades is coming from. Like, I feel like the next project he like, that is him. Like he is a struggling artist on rollerblades delivering pizzas to Hollywood homes. Um, and it, it really did inspire um, the big single of the album, which will be coming out in a couple of months called Hot Scars, Pretty Lies. So uh, I really um, still look to Oliver Tree for a lot of inspiration, more for commitment than anything. Nice. If you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Greg, this is the hardest question because I want to pick like, 15 minutes to just rant about how effed up the music industry is. But when I really think about it, I'm like, we want more money for more rotisserie chicken. Cause that's pretty much all I'm buying at this point. So I'm going to just simplify the whole answer. I would be paid from streaming in rotisserie chicken, like because I'm making mad coin. That's, that's the whole <laughs> equation that has worked out in my eyes. Um, Q10 cute little eye roll emojis while eating them. I have rotisserie chicken at least twice a week. Yes. <laughs> I will say this though, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure I uh, should know more about the politics uh, behind music, but they really are not in favor of artists. Um, I'm sure a lot of people kind of have that understanding that when you're streaming one song for an artist, they're making like 0.004 cents. Like it's, it's quite tough. Uh, these days and that's something that when I was younger getting into it I thought okay I have time to make my money later but then later comes and you're like oh no you, you can cuss <laughs> on the show <laughs> exactly so anyways more coin more more chicken excellent what's um what's a venue that you would give anything to play um Right now, it's Brooklyn Mirage. I've seen a lot of shows there uh, as of recently, and it is such a chef's kiss, perfect venue. Um, I love that it's outdoors, but it's also very, like, modern and beautiful. Um, and that's close to home. I can, like, get on my bike in, like, six minutes. And there's something really cool about, like, meeting up with my friends. I'm, like, just biking along. My headphones are in. And then, bam, I'm, like, right there. It feels like in my backyard so it's it's very like a dream moment and we're aiming for it 2023 nice i like um every time i've had somebody who is in new york on the show it's always a different venue nobody's got nobody's got like a, i mean it's everybody's like oh yeah you know the garden one day but then they name like something something else and nobody has the same one in new york and mm. i love it I played my Aunt Harriet's backyard garden. That does that count? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. She has great ficus. You should uh you should put in your bio now that you've played the garden with a little asterisk and <laughs> down at the bottom. Shout out. Love that. What's uh we're almost through with the hard-hitting journalism part of this interview. I'm, I'm so. <laughs> yeah, my shorts, there's a lot of swamp ass going on from how intense this is. What's your worst habit uh, during the songwriting process? Ooh, worst habit. That wasn't on my question sheet. So this is truly off of the top. Worst, uh, worst habit or worst like while writing or like getting into it? Either or. 
Okay, I would say, um, okay, so when I'm ever in a session, I feel like I'm a little bit maybe too friendly and weird off the bat, especially with people I never know. So I have a few things that I always force new writers to do in a session, which has very rarely worked out. <laughs> I have a box of being boozled. Have you ever heard of this game? No. I got it for Christmas from um, a friend and it's these, it's kind of like the Hogwarts beans. Like it can be any flavor delicious bean, but it also has the equivalent of this like nasty flavor. So like one example would be like um, one's mint, but it's the same color. It could also be dirty dishwasher. Uh, one is cherry. The other one is like old bandage. And so I always make us play this stupid game where I'm like, okay, let's bond. Let's eat. <laughs> and it, I would say 99% of the time when you're both getting the dirty bandage or the throw up bean. And then like, we're both just starting off the first minute of knowing each other, like with the worst, like flavor possible in our mouth and then it just spends like another 10 minutes trying to get that out um that that is by far my bad habit is forcing these things on people <laughs> what's a song that whenever you hear it on on the radio or on a on a streaming app that you go damn i wish i wrote that um there's a lot of that for me. I'm, I'm a huge fan of nostalgia. So if you trigger that for me, I'm instantly crying um, in a good way. I think the most powerful one is I'm in a convertible with my friends. We're driving down like an autumn road in suburbia and then head over here uh head over heels by tears for fears comes on and it's that intro da, na, 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 na. I put my hands up I just like I think it's because I watched Donnie Darko at a young age and it was just really like life-changing for me um and anytime I hear that song I think of kind of like the school uh opening scene and anytime I was going to high school I would always try to like put that song on for me to like have a little bit of a cool fuckboy moment and, and so nice I, I love being like that mysterious like I don't know what's going and that, that song really like nails it down. Describe your perfect day. Describe my perfect day. Um, okay, I wrote this down. Let's see. Let's see what it says. I wake up. <laughs> there we go. That's. I mean, hey. on the right foot. Um, I do love meditating. Um, that's been really helpful for my horrible anxiety. Um, Improvise a little classical piano. That is something I've been trying to do more. I went to school for musical theater, but then switched to, to classical piano uh, halfway in. Um, so that's a little fun fact that people don't know about me. I, I tend to really only sing uh, like as a front singer in my, my live shows, and I'm trying more to incorporate a little Mozart action. Um, cold showers are my new favorite thing. I just learned that uh, taking a cold shower and then you scream like five things you're grateful for. Like you just, it, it's really helpful for boosting my, my gratitude feelings. Um, then I would go practice my rollerblades, maybe work on spins. Cause that's what we're trying to do right now. That and backwards crossovers. Um, I'm most likely have brought my VHS camera around the skate park, which I now have a collection of like three or four from different random family members, basements. Um, 
Maybe after that, I get another shower in because I'm super sweaty. Then I'm going to the studio to work on music. Production for me, like in the studio, is a really um, ritual experience. Um, but I tend to always be distracted. I will scan Craigslist for free things. Uh, most likely, I'll stop at a thrift store before getting to the, the studio or after to look for like some good teas. Um, I mentioned eating rotisserie chicken for dinner. Um, then I think in an ideal night after dinner happens, I'm playing like glow in the dark, capture the flag. Uh, and then if I still have some energy, I'm doing like some kind of warehouse dance party. Nice. Perfect day. Perfect day. I'm going to bed. Happy. Nice. What about you? <laughs> do, do people ever ask you questions? Do you get thrown? Uh, sometimes I'll, you know, people will ask not, not so much on this show, uh, but, on on the flagship show people will get hung up on a question and ask me my answer and i always have answers for that uh my my answer for this would be um that i i don't have to do a recording before 6 a.m yeah. um but that has yet to happen no way yeah i've been what time is it it is five minutes till 11 I have been at this since about 3.30. Oh, moly. Yeah. Greg, you don't sleep. Not at all. Not at all. That coffee cup does not have coffee. It's just like <laughs> straight up radiated <laughs> like car fuel. It's, it's Red Bull and battery acid. That's, yep. uh, that's where we're at right now. Dang. Well, you know, if you ever come to New York, I need always convincing of friends to uh play capture the flag it's it's one of those things where i just always need more people so absolutely i'm there what's a what's a song lyric yours or someone else's that's always stuck with you <clears throat> hmm um, I have a weird weakness for suburbia and I guess lately suburban pools because I think two of my favorite lyrics um, from my songs lately, um, I have a song that just came out crystallized and the opening lyric is hot swim like honey he be melting. Um, and then in Sad Magic, I have a song called skinny dipping my mind into a dream. Uh, and funny enough, I ended my skinny dipping virginity a couple weekends ago, and it was in the same pool that I wrote the line. So um, that's something I was always nervous to do growing up, like, especially being like closeted, I would have these straight friends that would want to go skinny dipping. And I would be petrified by the idea and also mystified like this is the hottest thing ever but I can never get myself <laughs> to get in with them uh so yeah I feel like those are two really interesting lines for me um I like those what is your favorite cuss word mm, Miranda Cosgrove at this point <laughs> She really set it for, she set the bar high. You just can't cuss higher than that at this point. It's, this is true. This is very true. What's your favorite Beyonce song? Um, I was pretty stoked when she came out with a title with Alien in it. Alien Superstar is probably her strongest track, in my opinion, in recent years. And I have a song called Alien Boyfriend, little plug. So I feel like we were twinning out. We're both Virgos. So 
I like to say that we both, you know, have an alien in our life, but I want to say the one I used to really love the most was Sweet Dreams. Um, nice. I always, yeah, that, that was a nice moment for Bay. That's fantastic. Um, somebody, if, if there's anybody out there who's uh, listening that would like to maybe do an alien superstar, alien boyfriend mashup, um, I'd appreciate that. I would appreciate that. My alien boy would really appreciate that. We'll beam it up when it's ready. Hell yeah. What's something that uh, people would be surprised that you own? Um, I stole a Charizard card from a kid that I was <laughs> because he was being such a dick. And it still stays in my wallet to this day. Um, to be honest. Oh, like, wow. That was that was a real low for me, but this kid was so much work. I was not getting paid enough. Um, and it was funny. I made a TikTok um, to be little silly Greg. Um, the idea was, let me just like take all of his, uh, take one or two cards. He has a box full of like first edition holographic everythings. And just see if he notices. This kid... Uh, uh, went nuts because I accidentally just ended up taking his whole uh, box home with me accidentally. And he had a temper tantrum, um, but I ended up returning it without this one. That is probably <laughs> the one interesting fact. And then I guess if there is a second, it's at, at any given time, I might have a stick on tattoo. Nice. Do you have one right now? It's fading, but it's, uh, it's on the bot, the, I, is this the bicep? No, this is forearm, right? Yeah. It was a snake around a sword, and uh, now it kind of just looks like a, a skid mark. <laughs> if there was a musical Mount Rushmore for you, who would be on it? <clears throat> this was one of the harder questions that I remember hearing. Um, that's so tough. I, I feel like how many heads are on Mount Rushmore? Like five? Four. Four, I only could come up with three. It's Lana Del Rey for me, Pat Benatar, and then just like a random alien head. Maybe I have this alien mask from uh, Amazon. Like we can base it off of that just to kind of support the history channel. Um, My dad is a real fun believer in like ancient aliens. So I think (laughs) that would have like a whole spinoff show dedicated if I I made sure that was resurrected into the mountain. I like that. Describe your music using only colors. Um, If it was like a crayon, so it's going to be a creative color, but I think we're going for Nickelodeon aesthetic, but microdosing on shrooms. Hmm. I'm very, I've always done color blocking. Actually, my first like five or six singles were all color blocked, like all yellow, all green, all blue. And then recently, I think just my fashion taste has been a lot of pattern mixing, a lot of color on color. So um, I've been really going back to like the Y2K era of my life. And like Nickelodeon has it nailed down with like the green slime and the crazy orange and just like the Rocco's Modern Life, like acid trip overload. Like, I love that stuff. (coughs) That tracks. I can see that. You are the lead singer of like a super group. Who are the other members? Um, we are um, unidentified animatronics. 
Greg, to be honest, we were sitting uh, singing at a restored Chuck E. Cheese and it's like a one night only performance. Like this is a really weird one of those, like maybe there's a fashion show. Maybe Balenciaga is like walking their next collection down this Chuck E. Cheese. And we're just like, you wouldn't even know. Um, and, but we're, we're singing hot pop music. I will say that. Um, that's, that's the dream at this point. I want to do some weird ass shows. Um, I don't know how I'm going to get animatronics, but that, that is definitely a book Craigslist <laughs> search at this point. I did run into, uh, I used to go to this uh, restaurant Bugaboo Creek all the time for my birthday and they had moosehead animatronics that I like was obsessed with because um, they were left, they weren't so lifelike and they were like had a really cute voice. Um, and I recently found that they were being sold for like $8,000. I could not afford it, but I would have, I would have. We're going to steal it. <laughs> We're going to do like a full on Ocean's Eleven heist type thing. You're in. You've already committed. I yep. have it on document. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm there. You have been uh, given the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. And uh, the, the music industry bigwigs have come down from on high and they have pushed a mountain of cash and rotisserie chickens at you and said you are allowed to cover one song from any artist's catalog money is no option what song are you picking Mm. oh this is the same pressure when i'm at karaoke night (laughs) um and i will go through every page possible before submitting to the dj booth but it's always the same song greg it's always la la by ashley simpson and it's always at the cafe brass monkey where i literally get on all hands and knees and i'm acting like a cat um but there's something about that song for me like i i get like possessed by ashley simpson when that song comes on um i have to make a cover of it the more i think about it so um that or I am in the middle of working on a cover. Um, I've been doing a lot of like pop punk stuff. So Shake It by Metro Station probably is my other nice. favorite song of all time. Um, Mr. Brightside. It's, these will hopefully soon be coming out. Nice. Excellent. And I, I appreciate your love uh, for Ashley Simpson. I feel like she didn't get the love she deserved when she was still putting music out. No, it's so unfair, but we got to bring her back. Honestly, I have um, an edit somewhere on my phone. It was a ringtone made and I got to send it to you. I'll I'll put a video clip to it, but it's Ashley Simpson and it's a mashup. Do you know the La La dog where the dog's like, La La and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have a mashup of that, that I made that lives rent free on my phone. (laughs) I'll try to remember. I'll, I'll send it to you. Perfect. What's a song that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? Um, I got my dream sync placement just a few months ago in the Batwoman series. Um, I was working with this 17 year old artist Maven and I got to use like a lot of my classical chops to do a very, it was the season finale. Um, and it was a really dark Lana Del Rey orchestra, orchestral like track. Um, it was pretty epic to watch back. The one thing which is a little cringe is at the very climax, the girl who's drowning, who's getting CPR, basically just like pukes up on herself and it hits her face. And I was just like, I didn't know that is what the, the end 
sink was going to look like. <laughs> I was just like watching with my family, like goosebumps, goosebumps, goosebumps. And then that, I was like, that's how it ends. <laughs> um, that was a pretty amazing moment. My next dream sink. And I really want to try to start a petition, but there's a Barbie movie coming out, which I might, uh, you might've seen the trailer for uh, with Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. And I would die. I wrote a song with Yavin um, called Plastic Ferrari. Um, and I just think that song is so perfect for that movie. Um, I would absolutely shit my pants if I found that to be a real thing coming out. So that's what we're manifesting. Yes, we are. Yes. And you, if you start that petition, let me know. I'll, I'll circulate. Yes. It'll be on a little plastic piece of paper and you'll have to sign it with a little plastic pen. Yes, absolutely. This next question is um, kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. Um, I've got three of the most cliched questions that musicians get asked in just about every interview. And I will let you pick one that you would like to answer. Uh, Your choices are, who are your influences? What got you started in music? Or what is your creative process like? They're all kind of really similar right now. Um, I have been looking back towards, um, at least from an aesthetic place, has re- can really influence like my process. Like, where do I see the character going? And then that's been influencing the music. Um, and my character lately is kind of caught up with his childhood past. Um, in real life, I lost my childhood home. It was kind of taken from the bank. And I just remember going into college with, kind of having to get rid of everything from my past. And then I was really like regretful. So I'm in this era now where I see like all the old toys and all of the, like the things I played with. And that for some reason is just like sparking the nostalgia. Um, I recently just acquired like these, you know, actually these, these creepy jelly bugs that I remember eating and I had to oh, buy like wow. 10 of them. Um, so right now, I don't know if I'm going off topic, but the things that are inspiring me are like pretty much anything like kids toys, Y2K, Toys R Us vibes, retro VHS cameras, like uh, house parties from college, um, stuff like that has been like things that I'm trying to relive. Um, and when I get the chance, it really is fun. Like having this Pokemon card in my wallet, I look at it all the time and I'm like, ooh. Um, so it's uh, the little things like that, that are, um, keeping me going. I mean, there is a normal process I have when I sit down, uh, to make a song. I am a producer first, so I tend to kind of go after the sounds and the chords. And, uh, it's not until I get the right combo of a chord and a sound. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to jump in. Um, lately something about electric guitar and like a very punk style beat. That's kind of my thing lately. I love auto tune. That's something that my ear has finally like a hundred percent embraced and ran with. Um, so stuff like that. Nice. What is your strangest pre-show ritual? Um, this is a good one. I, I love doing a double shot of apple cider vinegar. That's like my must. It definitely clears the phlegm. Um, but I'll probably also be in the bathroom locked doing like some kind of like Reiki video that I have saved on YouTube. And I'm looking for, 
um, uh, probably something else to take uh, on stage, like a prop in the green room. Like anytime I find something that was left behind, I'll try to bring it on stage. I remember my last show at the Mercury Lounge, I found these clip-on bangs and I, I was really living for them. <laughs> Do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Um, I feel like it's kind of, at the same, at this point, mm, during the day, it's like always more introspective. Like when I'm by myself, it's a, a more artistic journey while making the music. I'm by myself. I have to kind of like use my tools and my training as an artist and the techniques. Um, but then like when I'm on stage, like I'm clearly maybe more interested in entertaining uh, a world. Like when you come to a show, I don't want to just perform the songs, which I know a lot of people say focus on the music and, but like, I really need it to be bizarre and weird and they're seeing visuals and there's a storyline. Um, yeah, that must be the musical theater side of me that just like really wants an immersive world. Um, and I'm in a Teletubby costume and like, <laughs> what the fuck? But then I sing like a pop song that like is super catchy and you're like, I can't get this out of my head. So the music is really, I take super seriously. And then the art form, I don't. It's an excellent answer. I like that. How many alarms does it take to get you out of bed in the morning? Um, truth, like at this point, nothing. Like I woke up 10 minutes before uh, 10 when I was supposed to wake up at eight. Um, I was on a roll. I just started using my calendar very religiously. And like I had hit three days in a row and then this happens. <laughs> um, I guess, let's see. What did I write down here? Oh, if there's chocolate life cereal and three scrambled eggs available, I, I don't need an alarm. If that is made for me and waiting, I, food can get me up. That's that's an alarm for me. That's fair. All you got to do is like a cat, like you just shake the box. <laughs> just shake cereal. the box, yeah. There we go. That, that I'm like, oh, morning. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? Um, I think it's that we're happy. I think a lot of musicians are depressed. I know that's like a big thing in the community. Um, it's probably for a lot of artists, especially post pandemic, like, damn, I have spent a lot of time reconsidering how to go about this um, because I haven't been happy as an artist. Um, and I think it really does come down to the pressures of social media you're no longer just an artist you're a content maker that's a full-time job and that is not easy to balance out and maintain happiness um i have really um been enjoying this week i've been struggling for months on how to go about this balance and something something's really clicked this week i've been really trying to schedule out uh, when I'm going to make content and just really stick to that window. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you've heard of the app. It's becoming popular. I'm not on it, but it's be real. And it's like, it gives you a time and you have three minutes to make something. Um, and I've been really trying that technique lately where, okay, I open the app and I just have to make something really fast. And I don't uh, 
put much thought and I'm, I'm trying to do that where I normally overthink a lot. Um, so it's been a really interesting practice. And the first couple of days were a struggle. Like I really would spend an hour trying to think of like what to do. And now I'm on day five and I've been, um, really enjoying the last couple of posts because I did not care. So I'm hoping to hold on to this feeling because I do think TikTok has really put a dent in the musician's, um, mindset and I, I definitely know a lot of people who are using it to your their advantage and it's like I'm so happy for them I just uh for the ones that are struggling like it's tough so what is the moment in your career that you're most proud of um I got the chance I signed to um a indie label in in france actually over the pandemic and they helped produce i'm walking away to grab this i have um an album that was pressed my first ep was put on vinyl sad magic and this was like seeing it pressed in blue vinyl and like in plastic especially like me who was just talking about like pokemon cards and like the idea of like trading and like, I don't know, um, packaging. I love like, that was really, 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 really cool for me. Um, and you can buy one on my band camp. <laughs> I also, uh, am just while we're in show and tell mode, Greg, I just recently made these, um, crystallized CDs that I'm spray painting up on my roof and I'm going to be hiding 10, in the next month around New York city with like geotag locations. Um, and that to me has been like coming up with these like ideas have been really fun. Like, I don't know if anyone's going to find them if <laughs> gonna go after them. I just know not to bury them like 10 feet underground, but um, yeah, I think having your music press cause it's always living in a streaming world. So seeing it physically is a really fun thing for me. That's awesome. What's the first song that you remember hearing? <laughs> um, when I, I still sing this, but I just, there's many times where I have this memory, but I am probably too young to really remember, but I'm on my dad's lap. I must be like, I don't know, four and he's bouncing me. And I like try to hit the laptop and he goes, ah, baby. Ah, baby. And I guess it's more of a rhythm <laughs> than a song, but that's definitely the, that lives uh, ancient um, in my subconscious. And anytime I have a stuffed animal and I'm like crying over something or someone, I, I tend to <laughs> sing <that> to myself <laughs> pathetically. If you could start your career over from the moment you decided to pursue music this is this is another hard-hitting journalism jane Polly moment um would you do anything different mm, i think so i i think i would have followed the same path i just kind of wish i started a little sooner um but at the same time i was insanely insecure i did not start performing really until after college i grew up um super shy i would only play piano in like the school chapel after school was gone alone um i would play piano with like 
the windows open uh, for Bobcha, the Polish grandmother next door, while she was like walking the like the street. Uh, those were the only times I really let people hear my music. And um, I think even then I remember wishing I could find the confidence to perform. So I do wish that I had started earlier because I think I could have had a little bit more of a, of that feeling of like, this isn't actually bad. This is what I'm meant to do. Like, it's, it's great. But there was all of those years of insecurity that I also think shaped me as an artist because I really have a sensitive side um, so maybe that kind of, uh, introvert still lives in me and it, it's important for my writing. So I don't know how things would look differently as far as like the songwriting goes, but I do wish that I had a few years like in the game a little faster. Nice. What keeps you up at night? Um, anxiety, <laughs> <laughs> rippling anxiety, um, I overthink everything. My, um, I, I must seem so fun right now, Greg, but no, seriously at night, it is, um, a clusterfuck of like, what do I have to do in order to make this like keep going? Um, and yeah, I stare at my ceiling. Um, so exactly. Final answer. What about you? It's, it's the Virgo in you. Um, It's 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 the same thing as. Are you a Virgo? I am. Greg, what is it about Virgos and anxiety? I think it's a. Uh, do you think it has to do with the idea of like not fear of death? But someone brought this up the other day, and I was like, oh damn! Like the idea that we really only feel like this is our one shot. Like we're alive now. We have to make it all happen now. Because after there's nothing. And I feel like I'm actually really spiritual and don't believe that, but I think my anxiety does. I feel very attacked right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's probably it. Would you ever consider, um, I know you have a musical theater background. Would you ever maybe try acting full time? I would love that if I could memorize lines. That was my, the hardest part of musical theater was acting. Um, I would have these scenes that wouldn't even last more than like two minutes. And I would be like day of like walking on my sofa, trying to like compress these lines. And I think I would do really well if like it was something slightly improvised based, maybe like a curb your enthusiasm where like you have a script, but you don't have to stick to it. Cause like I can commit. I just, I can't memorize. Um, I also need a headshot. So (laughs) I'm going to start with that. Actually, I'm meeting my friend Curtis, who's a uh, Curtis Scott Brown is an amazing photographer. Uh, Shout out to him who has done the album art coming up. Um, But he also does headshots like crazy. So I got to take advantage. Nice. So what is out right now from you that uh, the people of the world should be listening to? Mm. I... um, I wanted to come back hard for this pop punk inspired album. Um, I've been doing a lot of collabs lately. I felt like that was the right way to kind of get my, my knees wet. Wait, not my knees. What am I combining metaphors? Get my toes (laughs) wet, get my knees like dirty, I guess. Um, I like get my knees wet. Um, I would say 
I have a music video coming out for Crystallize coming out that I worked with my sister that I'm really proud of. Um, and that's the first single on the pop punk album. Um, and I have a song dropping in two weeks time with my good friend and collaborator, Bentley Robles. And it's called Don't Listen to This Song. And it is such a little fuck boy, like having a temper tantrum. Uh, and it, I'm really excited. It's just continuing this little uh, punk narrative that I have dreamed up. And um, it comes out in two weeks. Uh, we're going to be running around in Teletubby costumes in Washington Square Park if it doesn't rain today. <laughs> nice. And what's next for you? What is what does the future hold? Ooh, crystal ball. Um, I do have some tarot cards lying around. I should probably ask them. I'm going to LA again. Um, last year I went for three months um, during the winter. And that was really nice because when I'm in LA, I focus more on the uh, producer writer elements. Um, there's so many amazing, uh, you know, people out there. I feel like New York is a little bit harder to get consistent work. Um, so I go there and I have a whole new life. Um, but last time I was there, I was also really burned by the Hollywood vibe. Um, I have like a love hate relationship for Los Angeles and that's kind of where this whole album got inspired. I was with Bentley. Um, we were having some writing sessions. We had actually just taken our sisters out for pasta. Um, and we got in a car crash. This drunk driver hit us. Unfortunately, everyone was good. Um, but this car crash really, um, woke me up. I had such like an oh, like eye-opening moment of like, I just lived through this crazy moment. Um, and I felt really badass for it. I just like wanted to start living my life a little bit more wild up until I felt very um, protected on like, I have to do everything right. And this car crash just changed my mentality. Um, and that's when I started writing this pop punk album. So the concept of this character is I'm a pizza boy delivery on rollerblades, delivering pizzas to Hollywood homes. And I get in a car accident and I wake up punk as fuck. Um, and then I'm like glammed out. Um, that's like also the music video concept. If I can get the, the sponsor from Papa Gino's. Um, so that's kind of what's next. I'm really focused on this album um, and just really putting all of that bad boy vibe and I don't care energy into it because that's the thing that saved me when I was really stuck on what to do. Um, I'm trying not to think long-term in the future. I, I'm continuously writing for film and TV and like um, that's also a real game changer. Um, it's, it's kind of like a separate focus. I don't have to worry about my artist project doing well to necessarily get a sync. Um, so that's cool too. Uh, yeah. Excellent. I, um, so full disclosure, um, there, there are exactly, um, three artists, uh, that I have wanted to interview and they are, um, they're the reason that this show exists. Um, and you are actually one of them. No. So thank you, uh, for, for, for doing this, um, doing this. I can, if, if no one else listens to another episode, I have, I have done this one. I could hang this show up. 
So thank you so much uh, for this. It My is- jaw is dropped. I'm a flop. I cannot believe that what, I mean, I am honored. Like the fact that anything I've done has inspired you to do something that you love, like, holy crap. And like, I clearly see you are hustling. You're hustling so hard. And like, you have such a knack for this. Like, I loved the questions. I love chatting with you. Like we're besties. You're going to come play capture the flag. Yes, Um, absolutely. That's really cool to hear. I, that just gives me the best goosebump tingles ever. So again, thank you. Thank you so much. I, this is, this has made my entire week. Oh my God. Hold on. I gotta get a, I always forget this and it's like video footage during the interview (laughs) never happens. Yo, peace up, peace up. This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent.